It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And I'm so excited to bring you this week's conversation. It's all about being a cannabis Sherpa in your community. But first, I want to tell you about Garden Society, the podcast. I am the producer on the show, so I am a little bit biased. I have one friend who messaged me after listening to Garden Society And I quote, I think an exciting business-oriented discussion that's super frank and then kind of surprisingly includes cannabis is a fucking winner. So see, you don't have to take my word for it. (laughs) You can find Garden Society, the podcast, on all your major podcast players, or you can go to thegardensociety.com. But first... You better get casually baked and hang out with me. (laughs) I've got my cannabis soul sister, Catherine, with me today. A lot of you reach out to me for tips on starting the cannabis conversation and normalizing your casually baked lifestyle. If cannabis makes a difference in your life, perhaps we'll inspire you to thoughtfully share cannabis-infused experiences with your inner circle. So settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. I'm so happy to welcome into the studio today, Catherine Hahn. She, like me, is a cannabis Sherpa. And it's something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. So we want to talk to you today about how you can become a cannabis Sherpa in your community. Mm-hmm. And so what we mean by that is how can you create 
unique conversations, creative, expansive social experiences for your friends, for your family, for your creative tribe, Mm -hmm. and your greater community. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was introduced to Catherine's work through a fellow podcaster. Mm -hmm. Don Fraser, who also now lives in California, but she was in New York for about 13 years. And we met in New York. And now she's back in the Bay Area. So but you I met love in Philadelphia, it. right? Yes, yes. I love, I love it. So it was serendipitous that we were connected. Mm-hmm. And I started following your work. And so I want you to just describe what you're doing yeah. in your community in New York. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I'm super excited to be here. It is a delight. Um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so it's nice to be like in Oakland and oh, nice. finding kind of new connection in the space, you know? Yeah. I probably a few years ago, I started using cannabis a little later in my life. Like I did not really use it as an adolescent. I didn't use it in college. And I started to use it uh, as an adult at a time where I think I was also really exploring myself. And it really gave me permission to kind of really be in my mind space and my body space. And I had this really specific memory camping and it was really high. And I was like, I love myself. I was like, (laughs) I love myself. I was like, I feel connected. I feel happy. I feel funny. And my friend was like, doo doo. I was like, you know what? It's okay. Like cannabis really like I, it helps me inhibit this sense of real self-love and self-care. And I had started um, a business a few years ago, uh, teaching people around lifestyle habits around cooking. So food is actually something that's really near and dear to me. And so is hosting. And um, I took a cooking with cannabis class at the Brooklyn Kitchen, and it was highly scientific. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And I was like, I need to get a cookbook. So I ordered <laughs> – I went on Amazon, and I ordered uh, the 420 cookbook from Jeff the 420 Chef. Mm-hmm. And I, like, just started exp- – I was – I read extensively and was like, okay, I'm going to invite eight of my friends over and we're going to have a little science experiment. Nice. I was like, I'm going to try one of these recipes. I didn't know anything about dosage. It like the numbers, even milligrams, it just all felt irrelevant to me. And the other thing in New York is we don't have the same kind of selection as in California. Right. I can't ask like what percentage THC, CBD is this? I can't even necessarily trust that the strain is what says promised. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like someone shows up at your door on their bike and they like, they're like, I got this and I got this. They're like, I got one sativa. I got one in. And you like ask them the question, they're like, I'm probably going to push the one that needs to be sold right now. Yeah, exactly. So access is really different in New York, you know, so our awareness around um, some of just even how to partake is very different because it's limited. So I invited eight friends over and uh, I told them, I was like, please don't like, don't drink, don't smoke. We're going to do a real experiment here. So um, I infused a butter. I put it into a risotto. I put it into the cheesecake crust and we had like a, a time log and we just started to record like what was happening at what time. And this was when I was like very early in my experimentations cooking with cannabis. So I had no idea what to really expect. And we had a really nice time. And so a month later, I was like, I'm going to do it again, except, you know, now that I know it's, you know, it's it's a fat-soluble, I can I could do olive oil. I could do grapeseed oil. I could mm-hmm. do duck fat. I could do bacon fat. I could do coconut oil. Like, this can be really normalized into any food. And I realized that part of what made it accessible and interesting to people is that it was a kind of ritual that everyone partakes in. Everybody eats. Not everybody smokes. <laughs> you know, and right. I, I think once you find... So what I got very curious in is creating a safe space for people to try. And part of it is like, well, people do want to eat. They want to come together in a communal way and share this beautiful meal. And it's not just a skunky brownie. It's like, a, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's a full um, meal that they might have on their own. And 
with the way that I used to infuse my herb, it also removed the the smell and the odor. So people were like, I'm just having normal food and I like the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to feel this way. So these experiences that you were putting together, they would happen over the course of what, four or five hours where it would just yeah. kind of be this like slow rolling meal? About four hours. And um, they were in my living room. You know, they were just like a group of friends and then kind of a word of mouth thing. And then one night, one of my friends is like, girl, we really need like a massage or something now. (laughs) Because, you know, part of it is like (laughs) cannabis starts to make you, you know, you have a different sensory experience. Mm -hmm. You might be more in touch with like your body or your thoughts or uh, the flavor of something, the smell or the aroma. And that's where it started to get really interesting. Like, how does this enhance our sensory experience, Mm -hmm. you know? And I also teach elementary school science. So I'm always talking to children about being in a state of observation, which is using our senses to enhance, to observe. And that's perfect to teach the benefits of cannabis, being able to really like dumb down the material. Yes. And adults don't think about a sensory experience. (laughs) Like they don't think about how wonderful it is to kind of smell something or feel something or touch something. But cannabis gets us really present with that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and it's like, I've listen to what you shared about cannabis. Like, you know this, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so part of it is like, it's exciting to bring that to people. And for the first time, they're kind of like, oh, I like how I feel. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it feels uh-huh. good. Yeah. And then part of it is also like giving myself permission to have this experience, permission to have these thoughts, permission to have this conversation, permission to explore myself in this way, myself with others in this way. And a lot of times people don't want to try cannabis because they're like, I don't know, I'm so in my head. I'm kind of like, almost like scared to see what's in there or something. Well, and I think the other thing that helps, and that's where this cannabis Sherpa comes in, Mm -hmm. is that this small group of people has someone that they trust fully who is giving them permission and saying like, hey, I'm here to walk you through this and hold your hand. And if at any point you're uncomfortable, we'll deal with it at that point, you know? And I think I think trust is like one of the biggest things, especially since it's um, some that something that has had so much misinformation out there. And especially if I'm talking to my peer group, which is you know mid thirties, it's our generation of growing up was like, say no, it's bad, <laughs> it's yeah. bad, reefer madness, it's bad, it's going to make you feel this, it's you're a lazy stoner, blah 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 blah. And a lot of people that I draw are have had a negative experience. And that was like in college. They're like, girl, I like had this cookie. I went way too far. I was at a music concert and I was really anxious. Like I don't, I would not like to feel that again. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's one experience. And there are a spectrum of experiences that you can have. And there are so many more products now that you can have a measured experience, a Mm -hmm. replicable, replicable experience. And I think part of it is also articulating to people that Um, exploring your relationship with cannabis is also going to be exploring your relationship with yourself because it's like there can be prescribed dosages, but we're so used to Western medicine. We're so used to doctors saying, take this at this time for this long. And we haven't gotten in touch with our own bodies. And that's like the beauty of cannabis and the endocannabinoid system is like, girl, we might both have the same thing, but where we go or in how we experience it might be different. So you've got to ask yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is like this trust of like, oh shit. I like got to well, talk also, to myself <laughs> and and getting quiet and still. Yeah. And that's really challenging. Like I think to today is some, you know, unplug day. Like yeah. from sundown today till sundown tomorrow, can you unplug from yeah. technology? Yeah. And to ask somebody to do that plus shh, be real quiet. Yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah. 
it's like, uh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when it's kind of like, well, have you tried a vape? Have you tried a sublingual tablet? Would you like to have some coffee? Would you like this little cup of tea? And I think that as the event started to evolve and the community started to grow, part of it was just through a mailing list that I've written to on a consistent basis. And at first they were just the party invitations, like, hey, I'm hosting this event, come. But then I started to get really intimate with my process of like, what am I really inviting you to come do? Because I think that like with psychedelics and event planning, and also honestly for me with teaching, learning, any moment I'm thinking of set and setting, you know, earlier we were talking about music, like doesn't that change the vibe of the room? And so when I think of set and setting, I think of the mindset that we're in when we enter that space. Like, how am I feeling? Where's my hat at? Like, have I cleared out, you know, things like my processing? And then Mm -hmm. setting is the environment that we're in, the time of day, the lighting, the music, um, the location. Are we inside? Are we outside? And I realized that part of cultivating the set for people was the communication that I was articulating through the written form. And part of that is inviting people to explore, to connect, to try it by themselves while cleaning, to try it for creativity, to share some of my process around like meditation and cannabis. And it's amazing because we just hosted this event on Saturday. My partner, who's also here, um, called Cannabis Psilocybin and the Breath, exploring microdosing psilocybin and cannabis and then and breath work. And I asked guests to set an intention before. And I, I was reading the post-its that I also shared in my email newsletter, but so many of them were just really to to connect, to explore, to give permission, to love myself. And I realized, oh, part of this communication and part of what you're doing too is helping people prepare their mindset, like their mindset for the experience. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this woman told me that like, I could have a really sensual experience. Like she gave me permission to think about it, first of all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Permission to think about it. And then kind of like, and maybe I have permission to try, you know, on my yeah. own. Like she, you know, like you, you know, the last one I listened to was about the the frisky, feeling frisky one. And uh-huh. I love that, yeah. you know, but so much of it is just like, okay, we as women are talking about it, first of all, like we're talking about it. So permission to think about it. Right. And then kind of like, okay, permission to consume and try and see what it's like on my own. Well, and the the thing that I also find interesting about that is you know, you give someone permission to think about it, but people have been so programmed to just think what the gen pop thinks or, you know, whatever these constructs are. So that's why I enjoy using Casually Baked as a platform to showcase how I am using it in my everyday life. Yes, yes. And I think that's like something that's so interesting when you see someone model that, like you see someone who's like highly functional, highly professional, highly responsible, and very vocal about their cannabis usage, that's what verbalizes and like, that's what I call like normalizing around our usage. I'm like, listen, the only way we normalize, the only way we destigmatize is by verbalizing about how we use it for optimization mm-hmm. and for relaxation, for connection, you know, because I'm not like sitting around, I mean, I use cannabis regularly. I microdose throughout the day. Like I mentioned, I'm an elementary school teacher. It's like I'm more patient and present and grounded. And despite what the law and other people and perception have of me, I'm like, no, no, I know myself. I've been teaching for 14 years and I have never communed with the children like this before (laughs) with like a sense of calm and grace and presence and also patience. And I think I'm sure you've interviewed parents before. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Like we get so in our minds about rigid ways of thinking about schedules, about timelines, about like obsessions around like they have to be eating, they have to be going to the bathroom, they have to be taking a bath. And what cannabis does is like, yeah, I want to hear about that thought, that dream you had. 
Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, oh, like you're you're acting in a way because you're trying to communicate something. Let me hear what you're communicating as opposed to try and control your behavior because it's annoying right. at this moment. Yes. It, is, <laughs> it literally becomes all about the connection. Yeah. And how you're communicating and, and frankly, being able to communicate with that child or that other person across the table without even really having to use your words. Yeah. 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 And I guess for some people that might sound so distant from their perception of what it is in their mind. And, you know, even for myself who uses it regularly, I still talk to myself about it sometimes, like the kind of giving myself permission, like, no, you know, like your body. So this is the hotline that very few people have, except telemarketers have somehow gotten a hold of it. (laughs) And I typically unplug it before, hold please. Yes, of course. You know what? That is a great idea. Next show, I am. I'm just going to answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See you, Sarah. Yeah. Love it. So for us as cannabis Sherpas, and we are going out into our communities, and we are showcasing this normal use of cannabis in our lives, Mm -hmm. if we're trying to help someone in Texas or New York, where hopefully we will have adult Yes, use, adult use. Soon. Yeah, soon. But, you know, right now, you know, you're not in a place where in California, what you and I are doing, that's a fucking business. Yeah. People are making money at it. Yeah. But, you know, but doing yeah. this because you appreciate intentional consumption yeah. and that you want to, you know, just kind of expand the Gen Pops consciousness yeah. about yeah, using yeah, this plant. Yeah. What are some tips that you can provide to people yeah. that are helping yeah. you do it? Um, I think that these are like tips to like folks in their communities who are building space or like, yeah, somebody who's like, you know what? I am a a conscious cannabis consumer. None of my friends use it. How do I, how do I do this? You know, I think that part of it is like, um, I used to be very discreet about my usage, like very like, I'm going to go do this in private and I could be high in my own mind. Like nobody needs to know I'm still having a wonderful time and this is how I choose to spend my time. And then I realized, um, there's a difference between like privacy and also like being kind of like guilty or shame, have shame around something. You right. know what I mean? And yes. there is like a, a deeper part of me that's like, I'm going to get in trouble. Like in New York, it's still like, <laughs> you know, it has been criminalized. And um, now there is, you know, nor- they are de- decriminalizing around like usage and possession. But like, you know, you still have that paranoia of like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a citation. I'm going to get fined or someone's going to see me like blank, blank, blank. So I think for me, what started to also draw people to me was how open I was about using it and also like just inviting people to use with me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, do you want, do you want to join? Would you like to go on a walk? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, but I think that once they tried it for themselves, they realized, oh, I get it. Like one time my husband had an edible for he, before he went to work. He was like, I was just like so much more patient and present with people. And it was really low dose, still highly functioning. And I think this is what people sometimes don't get when they've had a singular experience, when they've had like too much cannabis. I think people 
don't realize that the way that your brain operates, you can be highly functioning and more creative and more patient and present, but still have executive functioning. Mm -hmm. I still drive, still drive a car, still do your job. So I think like when people start to communicate it in that way, where they can see it in their everyday lives, like as a part of their routine, a part of their ritual to be intentional with their day. I think that's when people start to like turn heads to it more as like a tool. So I think that for people who are growing a community, part of that is figuring out how do you communicate about it with people? Because communication is the thing that gives people like permission, you know, like we said before, to explore. Mm -hmm. And I think that like if you're just saying like, oh, like let's get super stoned, like let's get fucked up. It's like that's not going to reach most people. (laughs) Like that's going to reach like the people that's like preaching to the choir. (laughs) People have already been doing that. You know what I mean? But like. Well, and that's what people expect. Yes, yes. And so we're saying, hey, there's a different side of this. Yeah, and that part of it can be like, let's be really real with conversations. Like part of it can really um, uh, enhance a conversation with a friend or with like a lover or a partner and kind of allow you to communicate more freely in a way you might not have felt comfortable before because you have all these voices running around in your mind. I don't think people have realized the like the mental emotional benefits of of cannabis. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a huge distinction in the the population that doesn't consume. Yes. They think there is a very distinct line between adult use, aka yeah. recreational, yeah. and medicinal use. And they think that you have to choose which camp yes. that you're going to yes. be in. Yes. And it's like and it's like uh, you, whether hello. You, yeah, it's, it's a help plant that's been around regardless. for three thousand years, and before we had any language, well, more than 3, more than 000. yeah, like, like six thousand, right? <laughs> in recorded history, but so just because people have put a law or a name or whatever on it, if you know that it works for your body, then you have permission to do that. To me, yeah, you know, and I think that's where we are in culture in general. Like we are looking for experts to tell us how to treat our body, like what to put into it, what, you know, it's like you see this, you see this with parenting, Mm -hmm. you see this with dieting, you see this with everything where people are like trying to do the right thing and like get the most information or whatever. And at the end of the day, you can have all that information, but until you experience something like that's going to change the way that you function and the way that you interact, it's like, you won't know. Like, that's it for me. And so part of it is like, I can talk and talk and talk. And I've been very like fortunate to feel so connected to people who have come to my events and said, I feel euphoric. And I haven't connected with that sense for a long time. So thank you. You know, like, because it's like, we're used to just going to bars and like, uh, feeling, I don't know, complaining about the workday or getting shit face. I mean, even listen to the language. I'm like, I want to elevate people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to numb and I don't want to forget. Yes. Well, and I think that an important distinction to make for people is that you are the authority of yes. your health and well-being. Yes. Like, I don't even have a primary care physician. Yeah. I mean, part of it's poor adulting. <laughs> but, you know, sure, whenever... you know how to respond to your body. Yeah. And I make sure I have a health plan yeah. that if something comes up, I'm like, I need to see a dermatologist. I call a fucking dermatologist. Yeah. I don't have to go to somebody else. 
you're the authority on my yes. health care. Yes. And I think that I might have a scalp condition. Right. You know, right. it's like, right. I fucking know there's something wrong with my of scalp. Course. I'm going to this dermatologist. Yeah. And you're kind of anonymous to them. You've been with yourself the whole time. Like you've been with yourself experiencing the symptoms, seeing what's been happening to your body. And a lot of us give up that power and that trust to like others, you know, and to like other like authorities, other publications. And I think that um, I, I and that's to me also what's empowering about cannabis, like the messaging around it is that, yes, you might respond differently than someone else. And it's not just like your body mass, you know, it's like women and men, um, you know, it's just like our hormonal, our our own endocannabinoid system. And to me, that's kind of like, cool, we're encourage every, encouraging everyone to find a unique expression of themselves. Like I can mm-hmm. highly refer all the ways that I like to consume, but my message to you is like, yeah, try them and then see what you like. You might like something different than what I like, and I might like something different than what you like, but I can give you information about each of them. Right. Yeah. Being a cannabis Sherpa and having that responsibility. Yeah. You know, I think it is important to say, like, these are the things that work for me. This is how I use it. I'm willing to demonstrate how I live my casually baked life. Yes. You can ask me questions, yes. but at the end of the day, yes. it's your willingness to experiment yes. Yes. And, and to see what works for you. And also like your intention and mindset about it too, like to kind of like take it a little bit further, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Because I think that the way that like our body and the plant interacts with each other, like I'm really intentional with my usage. You know, it's like I'm really intentional with my time too. Like I'm entering a really productive, like I'm entering a really creative time. I want to focus on kind of cleaning and clearing out my thoughts. But part of it is like, how do I manage my time around it? And and I think you can use it to relax and watch a show and enjoy with someone, you know? But I think that part of it is like, well, how are you trying to use your time? And what can you kind of pair that can be like either like a turbo boost or a tool or like an accompaniment to that experience to just make it more enjoyable for yourself. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to enjoy the time in their mind and the time right. that they have? And like, even like it turns a mundane, some people would consider cleaning a chore. It's like, it's a joy for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Being high and then cleaning the bathroom yes. is the only way to clean a bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I literally had a conversation with a shop owner in my neighborhood in Crown Heights in Brooklyn about um, just his cleaning process and, and how he used cannabis. You know, he was like, first I smoke a joint in this room. He's like, and then I clean the living room. And he's like, but, but then I go to the bedroom and I smoke another because I go on to like, and I'm like, yes, I love it. And he's like, and the thoughts that I have in that space and the joy that I have while doing it, it's like, isn't that ultimately kind of what we're seeking? Like this kind of presence. Everyone's talking about like being present, be present in the moment. And like, we're all obsessed with like how we project ourselves, how other people see us, our results. And it's like, yes, cleaning is a process of life. Like, and so are many other things that we're just trying to get through, you know, like I have to get all these things done. I'm like, no, I'm doing all these things. And using cannabis alongside me helps me get really present in, in a flow state with those things too, that are actually just equally like important to my life as a human cooking, cleaning, you know, it's like, it just helps me get into like, even preparing for these events, there are times where I'm just like picking herbs or chopping things endlessly. And like, I can get into a real flow state with it and also kind of think about my guests, get in my own mindset with it, you know, and it's like, I can visualize and kind of be in a meditative state doing a task with cannabis. And that's just really cool. Yeah, I think we're entering a time where we all have this opportunity to redefine what wellness is to us. Mm-hmm. 
And the last podcast was about me having an anxiety attack, just being really overwhelmed with what was going on in my life. Yeah. And, you know, back in my 20s, when this happened quite a bit, you know, I was on antidepressants Mm -hmm. and I was on Mm -hmm. a sleeping pill. And, you know, I had all of these things that kind of numbed me out from life. Yeah. And of course, with age, wisdom, experience, all of the things... You know, the, it hit me unexpectedly. Yeah. But the fact that I was able to manage it, breathe through it, yeah. knew what knew what cannabis products I I yeah, could consume, knew what I shouldn't consume. To know that and to be like, okay, I went through this three or four day period that would normally bring me to my knees and send me to a doctor. Yeah. But I was able to like know how to manage it. Yeah, how to navigate and respond and to like self-medicate. And that's like, that's very, very powerful. It it is very empowering. A lot of times people don't know how to take care of themselves. And a lot of times, the other thing is we, a lot of us are not taking care of ourselves until something like is wrong. Right. You know, that's the other thing too. And, but that's really powerful. I'm so glad that you're able to. Yeah. And I love that people that consume cannabis every day, I don't know any of them that don't have moments of mindfulness. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, absolutely. and so There's I think our, that's yes. really helps with our yes. overall health yes. and wellness. Yes, I agree. And you know, it's funny. I always tell people, I'm like, there was a reason we used to pass around a peace pipe before making big decisions. Like, you know, it's like part of it is that mindfulness of like, okay, let me step outside of myself a little bit in this moment and see like what perspectives, you know, it's like, it's an opportunity, like it's like a turbo boost to self-reflection, you know? And, and I think that kind of just awareness, that present moment that like so easily cannabis helps us easily access. It's just, I think it's something we should share more regularly. It's funny. I remember running with a friend once and I, I know, and I hadn't used cannabis before I was running, but I stopped to like, look at something in nature. And I was like, do you see that? That is amazing. She's like, girl, you high? I'm like, no, but now that I spend more time high, I connect with things in a completely different way because it just helps me connect to my senses, you know? And like people really, I think, underestimate that simplicity, you know? And people are always achieving to find whatever they think they need to be happy. But I'm like, it's all here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So with all of this rain here, we will sometimes get waves of ants that will just like, you know, show up in our houses. And I, you know, me being like you, casually baked most of the time. Yeah. Um, but just being like, um, hey guys, sorry to have to do this to you, but uh, here you go. Get in this thing, eat this, go take it back home to your friends. Like, I hate to do this, but you're not welcome here. Yeah. You know, so I have way different conversations. Yeah. With yeah. Spiders and ants. Yeah. And- yeah. I agreed. I mean, just in nature in general, like, and for me, part of it was what's been so special is like even like taking my kids on a nature walk now and the way that I engage in a nature walk with them. It's like we just look up at the leaves and the trees and the birds and say a lot of thank yous and a lot of like, yes. you know, just noticing. And especially in like a metropolis like New York City, a lot of times kids don't really feel like they have nature. And so to even just engage with like the the trees on the sidewalk and the like the little bushes sticking out of the asphalt and seeing like, oh, there's a beetle in our room and there, oh, there's a cockroach and, some, and that's something most everybody is grossed out by. But I, because of my communion now with living organisms, it's like, well, let's put it in a cup and put it outside. <laughs> you know, but that's- We're showing yeah. reverence for the one flower growing yes, up through the, yes. in the city 
sidewalk. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's, and that's the power of, that's the power of cannabis. I think that it helps us notice those things that we used to in human life. You know, we have evolved so quickly with our technology and our shelter and our ways of living. You know, we used to engage with that sense of wonder, I think, more regularly, Mm -hmm. just as humans in general, you know? So I like that idea. So I want us to kind of just brainstorm and throw out some fun ideas for people that they can do yes, in their experiences. So, like, so the one, maybe a mommy group, they yeah. all get you know, casually baked and yeah. take the kids to the park oh, or yeah. go on the nature idea. walk. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a museum, too. I think Museum ooh, of Natural museum. History is amazing. I mean, that's in New York. One of my favorite things to do is mm-hmm. to have like a little edible before going to the museum, like a little walk at Central Park and then going to the Museum of Natural History. It's like such a fun, expansive way to explore. I love that. You know, my friends at Garden Society, you know, before they started their business, they would host these holiday baking parties. Oh, I love that. So they would get baked and everybody would make different treats and then they would send everyone home with it. And then tell me about um, one of the events that you've done in your house and give people an idea. Yeah. So the... The last one that we did, um, not this weekend, but the last one before that we did in December was about cannabis. It was it was titled Cannabis and Creativity. And um, my colleague, who's the art teacher, helped, and a few other artists that I'm in touch with in New York, we set up some different interactive art spaces. And I have some friends who made this amazing glow dome that they kind of put outside. And we put these like mattress toppers inside. And there are these LED lights that were changing. And, and part of it was to create this real kind of interactive sensory experience to really connect adults with that sense of kind of magic and wonder and play, you know, play. Um, That was one of them. One of them that I think we'll revisit again was um, a cannabis dinner party and a virtual reality experience. Interesting. And VR is very kind of cool in that space. And one of the comments I got from one of my guests, which was so sweet, he's like, you know, Kathy, I ate your food and it was delicious and I feel euphoric. And then... I went in the underwater experience and now I am really experiencing euphoria. <laughs> but you know, like I, v- virtual reality. And I think VR is cool with cannabis because I've read a few articles about how it can help with the nausea because some people experience with like the visual connection while they're experiencing it without cannabis. Like they're like, uh, it can be nauseous, but I know that cannabis can help with that. Mm-hmm. And the last one we did was uh, focused on wellness. You know, we've been talking about that element of of cannabis and wellness. So it was kind of, it was a choose your own adventure. I've also been um, exploring microdosing psilocybin, um, the chemical compound in mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And have some friends who are developing some um, microdose capsules in New York. And so we wanted to give guests kind of the option to try. You know, there's just a lot more information coming out. And it's like, you know, people hear about Silicon Valley heads using my- microdosing psilocybin regularly. And people are like, what is this about? Like, how do you even get them? Like, what do they even look like? So we wanted to create an experience that made it accessible for people to try. So they had a choice of a psilocybin capsule. Um, we had a CBD tincture option, a THC tincture option, and a, and a pre-rolled. And then... Um, my partner and my, we set intentions and my partner and Mike led us in uh, this dynamic breath work, which you'll be trying later today and Very meditation. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, he was recently certified in the Wim Hof method. So um, it's, it's all really interesting. And those things pair together. And we also had followed by this kind of like uh, another friend who does Thai yoga massage and a lot of integrative healing art work. She led us in this kind of like self-love kind of body guided activity. And 
And it was really nice. And I think that's what like people can start to explore. It's like cannabis and what? For example, I realized I was like, man, I used to be a very regular drinker and, you know, consumed alcohol the way that kind of most general population did, like starting around college, getting shit faced, going to clubs, bars, whatever. And then realizing like, I am literally paying restaurants and bars like money to sit in their real estate, like do, like $14 for a beverage to spend more time here. And time goes very fast when I'm drunk. <laughs> He's like, where did the time go? And then I realized like, I could be a member at the Botanic Gardens and bring my vape pen. I would much rather support that and my time there. It's expansive. Yeah, You know totally. what I mean? And it's like- with And you don't feel like shit the next exactly. morning. Exactly. Hello, I feel good and I like my mind and I don't forget things. I actually like give myself permission to explore different things. And I never act I in a way that's I still lose time. I just do it in a different way. In, in a different way. But in like a <laughs> sense of like you get lost in another dimension that's so enjoyable. Right. And kind of like I experience so many things in that span of time versus where the fuck did the time go? Like I wasted my time. Exactly. Because I was wasted. Yeah. And <laughs> P.S. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, I mean, I think that that's part of what's exciting about cannabis and kind of the frontier is like, what can we imagine in our experiences and how we spend our time? You know, it's like, how do I enhance a picnic or a hiking trip or a camping trip or even I like, think, I've yeah, done like a paired, bridal shower cannabis brunch. paired with nature is <laughs> yeah, always, always, always so a win. Um, but I think that's where people can get really creative. You can't drink and do everything. And that's what's been our normalized substance for a really long time. So now we're at a place where we can start to imagine new ways to spend our time. That includes our professional time. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me, it's like some of my um, – generally before I start like busting out a lot of emails, I take time to uh, to get high, to meditate, to do some breath work, to be with myself – because it allows me to get into a flow state with that work. It's like there have been times where I've dreaded kind of like email correspondence or having to do like legit, oh, like, and now I got to do my invoicing and now I got to do my calendar. And it's like, and now I'm going to do it <laughs> because yeah. it's like, and now I'm going to get in the flow state with uh, taking care of these replies that I have to do. And I'm having fun and I'm putting love into it because like, I know these people are interested in like being connected with cannabis. And that's so sweet to imagine, to literally imagine I'm sitting at my laptop, imagining this other person in their space and how they connected with what I said about cannabis. Like, that's really powerful. And like to, to, to really feel that. You know, I think a lot of times we see like our, we're so insular in our lives and our daily routines. We're like, sometimes like, this is just another thing to do. I'm like, this is another human to connect with, you know? And like, cannabis helps you do that. Yeah, (laughs) totally. So if this stuff resonates with you, perhaps you have it in you to become a cannabis Sherpa. Yes. So if you have any questions at all, I hope that you will engage with us on social. I am at Casually Baked. Catherine Hahn is um, a ninja. She's keeping (laughs) herself (laughs) off of social media for a while, and I really appreciate that. So if you want to correspond with Catherine directly, you'll be able to connect with her through the show notes that you'll find. Can we find put a link to the email? Baked. Yes. 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 So I mm-hmm. do have an email opt-in list and I do regularly communicate through email and it has been strictly word of mouth referrals. So I do consider this kind of like a word of mouth space. 
And that is intentional, especially being in New York as things are still kind of under (laughs) the radar and also with like my public facing um, occupation as a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all intentional, but I would love to communicate with you and be in in your space. And um, we do host events regularly in New York, but we're really looking to create communities in the San Francisco Bay Area, in Portland, in Seattle, and in Hawaii and in LA and are starting to kind of Yes, I'm excited to be a part of your event this afternoon. Yes, we are. um, So my business partner, Mike, who is here, um, he and I are exploring the intersection of breathwork, meditation, and just plant medicine in general and how we can use it to optimize uh, our everyday living and our workspaces and our relationships with ourselves and with others and how we spend our time. And kind of really building mindfulness and empowerment around it. So this afternoon, after a lot of logistics sorting, but after some amazing ideas and referrals, we're hosting an event in onsen at the Japanese uh, bathhouse. So we've rented the communal space. We're going to be doing breathwork there and then sitting in the sauna and the steam room and enjoy a really lovely meal afterwards. Yes, so we are. to host you. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much today for yeah, today. Totally. Thank you for what you're doing and for helping me, you know, spread this message of intentional consumption and a new perspective on wellness. Yes. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I intend to come to New York and I want to participate in one of your events there and we'll do a show and all that good stuff. Oh, would love that. Would love that. Would love that. Thank you so much. We'll figure out a way to incorporate into Love Mary Jane. How about that? Oh, yes, girl. (laughs) I have so much to say about that, actually. (laughs) Because cannabis really, I mean, I saw you have one on a, you have a polyamory episode and stuff. Cannabis is part of the reason my husband and I also opened our relationship, you know, and I will tell you that our relationship changed on the day we were in Mexico City and had some edibles. <laughs> we were able to just have new conversations with each other. And that you will find <laughs> on Love Mary Jane, the podcast. <laughs> I hope you're inspired to explore how cannabis can enhance your everyday experiences. If you're ready to share what you're learning with your inner circle, I encourage you to host a cannabis experience. It can be as formal or informal as time and resources allow. The important thing is to verbalize your intentional use. Show and tell has always been a great way for us to do that. Speaking of, This show is also a great way to normalize cannabis for wellness. If you don't have the time, energy, motivation to host an experience for your tribe, then might I suggest sharing Casually Baked, the podcast. You can also help raise the collective consciousness around cannabis by rating and reviewing Casually Baked, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Seriously, the more peer love, the more I show up in Canna Curious podcast searches. The algorithm gods are in charge. So help me help you. Subscribe for free and never miss your weekly dose of Canna Confidence. All right, enough of the sales pitch. After the show, Catherine's business partner, Mike, joined us for a smoke sesh. I kept the mics on and captured our conversation. If you're into the being a fly on the wall for stream of consciousness big talk, check out the unedited bonus pod. If you're a subscriber, it's waiting for you in your feed right now. 
Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.